0: Do you know that the Bible is the Word of God? Amen. It is absolutely the most amazing thing. Um, you know, if I if I had to pick one thing to take with me to go on a deserted island, it would be my Bible. Yes. Absolutely. But in the in the thirteenth chapter now of First Thessalonians 2, don't you turn there because you're I've already got you in another place. Paul was writing. He said, we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. So he's saying, uh, Paul was saying, when you heard me talking, you didn't just accept, you didn't just receive it from a guy named Paul. From a town named Tarsus, right? That's where he was from. He said, you received it as more than just a man talking. You received it as God speaking through me. And he said, that's good that you did, because that's ac- actually what it was. And if you'll believe it, if you'll mix some faith with it, it'll work in your life. Yes, yes. Have you discovered, anybody raise your hand if you discovered that to be the truth? Yes, yes. Huh? Yes. Two people. <laughs> praise God. Wrote, maybe I didn't look over here. Anybody else? You've <laughs> discovered that the word of God The Bible is the word of God. And if you will work it, if you'll believe it, it will work in your life. Amen. Cause good change to come. We just had faith explosion, guys. You should be way more excited about these things than that. The Bible is the word of God. I say that because, you know, um, there's some people that to them, the Bible is just they could put it right on the same shelf with the newspaper and and the TV guide and readers digest, and one's not really any more important than the other, the Bible's a different book. Amen. Matter of fact, if it's not all the word of God, then none of it is the word of God. Right, right. Did you hear that? If it's not all the word of God, mm-hmm. then none of it is the word of God, because the Bible says every scripture is God breathed. Yes. If there's one that's not true, you ought to collect all of them up, burn them all. Right, right, right. I know that sounds strong, but the the if it's full of lies, then what are we doing here? Amen. So that's true. Well, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not talking about that per se today. I'm talking about something else. But in 1 Timothy chapter 3, we have listed here qualifications that Paul gives for people in ministry. But not just people ministering from a pulpit. Anybody who's helping anywhere in ministry. How many Christians should that be? Everybody. Everybody. So these qualifications are for everybody. And I'm going to read it to you from uh, from the New International Reader's Version. Paul says this. He's writing to Timothy, but it's inspired by the Spirit of God. He says, I hope I can come to you soon. Paul wanted to visit. But he said, now I'm writing these directions to you. Then if I have to put off my visit, you will know how you should act in God's family goes on to say that the family of God is the Church of the Living God it's the pillar and foundation of truth. We began last time uh, we were together we began talking about this subject what what is it like in a Christian home and the reason we're talking about that is uh, because you know if you just look at statistics they tell you that Christian homes don't really do much better than the others. you know the divorce rates just absolutely the same hmm And, you know, uh, go to any jail and ask them how many were raised in church and probably half of them will raise their hand. And so you'd you'd think that, you know, well, if Christianity is real, it certainly doesn't affect the home. But we said if it affects anything, it's supposed to affect the home life. Is that right? And uh, it's amazing, especially in churches like ours. You know, sometimes we get excited about the truths of the word of God. And, uh, you know, sometimes people shout amen and, and all kinds of other stuff, right? And just get excited sometimes, And you know. But it's amazing how they all leave it here. And when they go home, things are back to, to you know, the person that was just shouting and, and uh, glorifying God in church will go home and just holler and just swear, sit down, crack a beer. Huh? You're looking so holy this morning. Am I lying to you or or do you? I mean, is that there are lots of people, lots and lots of people that do that. So we are talking by the direction of the Lord here. What is it like in a Christian home? Because a lot of people don't know. And you know what? If you've never been taught, uh, you know, I know some folks come from a home where it's just, you know, a war zone and things like that. And they may meet the Lord. They may receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But uh, but, you know, they may not know that these things are supposed to change. If you listen to God and read the word, you'll figure that out real quick. But we're teaching on it. Is that OK? Do we, we want to be good examples? Don't we? I believe so. I told you one thing that. Uh, now, my natural father is here today. I'm so glad. But but my uh, person I consider my spiritual father, in other words, the ministry that I received most from was Uh, when I traveled with Kenneth E. Hagin. And I told you how he always would make this statement that if you win the whole world and lose your own family, so you've failed. And I determined that I wasn't going to, you know, be a statistic. And uh, so we've done our best to keep that area strong in our life and we're going to keep on doing it. So I was giving you several points. We talked a lot about kids too. Is that okay? Um. I'll just really quick review the points that we talked about. We only got to, to speak on this one Sunday. But number one, we said that the family is a family. And even with everybody having their different schedules, and how many know that you do, and, and you know, uh, you could be going several different directions football, ballet, you know, sometimes the same person, football and ballet, but and all that kind of stuff. But listen, the family should still be a strong unit. I, I um, in my music associations, I know a lot of really strong ethnic um, families, especially some of my Italian friends. I saw some of them last night and they just treat us like family sometimes. I mean, they'll, the guys, they'll come and grab me and kiss me, you know, and these people don't even know the Lord. Uh, but they're so family see, is, is such a thing to them. How many is that the way is that that way with you your your house? Uh, But there's other people that, man, they'll just basically live in the same house, but they're nothing more than roommates. (laughs) Just all go in the same direction and don't ever talk to one another. I'm not I'm not just reviewing now. I'm reteaching it. I got to get up here. And so I just review number two. We said dad and mom run the house, not the kids. We won't talk about that too much. But is that true? Kids do not run the run the home. Number three, the kids are well behaved. You know, your kids should be able to go off and go and be with another family and you not be the least bit concerned about what they're going to do. (laughs) Amen. How many would say that's not the case? No, don't don't raise your hand. We looked at the scripture in Proverbs 22, where it says, train up a child in the in the way that he should go or she should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. And we made this statement. I want you to get it again because you probably forgot it since a couple weeks ago. Training is not the same as telling. Telling, just telling them what to do isn't the same. Uh, Training them, you get there and you show them. Mm -hmm. Huh? If you're training them to clean up their room. Don't just holler, clean up your room, clean up your room, train them, because then they have no excuse. You get in there and you show them, Okay, you pick this up, you put it there. You know, I couldn't figure out why my my, uh, son couldn't get his room clean. And then I found out he didn't know how to get the stuff in the drawer. And so we sat there. It was this wasn't too long ago because I said, we're not the slob family. (laughs) That's what I tell him. And I, I, I told him, I said, here's the law. Big things first. And he said, wow. And he figured it out. He put all his big stuff in there and then the little stuff fit all around it. And see, but that wasn't his fault. That was my fault. I had never trained him. I just said, put all that stuff away and there'd be a big pile coming out the drawer. (laughs) Train. Everybody say train. Train. Training is not telling. Training is not yelling. Training them. We said, if you just remember what you did with potty training, most people do great potty training. You get them there, you sit them down. In my case, I'd make up songs because it would be torture for me to try and sit there and get them to do anything productive I'm going to put out an album someday I have a whole ask my wife I have a whole uh, a whole slew of potty songs (laughs) Professor Potty was one of them it was a good song I'll sing it to you someday but if you would if you would use the same discipline you used in potty training in the other areas of life things would go a lot better well we got that's as far as we got last time number four today And we're still going to talk about the kids for a little bit and then we'll get to you, mom and dads. Okay? or single people. What's it like in a Christian home? Number four, the kids obey the first time. Now, how many did we lose you? We lost you on that. The kids obey you the first time. We're talking still about training. Do you know that you can train your children to respond to you in a normal tone of voice right away? Man, I'm getting very few, very few people agreeing today. Listen, if that hasn't been the case, it can it can change, you know. But do you know that if your kids don't start listening until the fourth time when you're screaming and using their full name? um, It's really because you've trained them that way. Hmm. Smile, everyone. (laughs) Um, you notice this out in public. (laughs) How many know when you're in public, you notice how well you've disciplined your children, how well you've trained your children? Do you know that if you're in the supermarket and you're screaming and slapping in the supermarket, (laughs) it is your fault, not the kid's fault? If you can't say amen, say guilty. (laughs) Anybody ever seen someone in the supermarket? A mom and dad just lose it in the supermarket. Amen. Anybody ever lost it? No, don't. (laughs) I want you to turn to Proverbs 13 this morning. Proverbs 13. Listen, you know, whose responsibility is it to teach these things? I believe it's the church's responsibility. We teach a lot of things. We teach great spiritual truths. But it's also important that, you know, everybody just kind of assumes that, you know, if you have kids, then automatically you know what to do with them and, Um, we taught on marriage, uh, a long while back, did that series called how to be married. And, you know, I realized that we don't have 50 or 60 years behind us. We just got about a dozen behind us, but, but, uh, you know, the Bible hasn't changed. So we just teach that. And, um, in that series, you know, we, we talked about how a lot of people think that as long as you got a ring, you know how to be married because what do you see in the movies? You see the guy trying to win the girl, but the wedding's not till the end of the movie. And then all then it stops and just says they lived happily ever after. And so that's most most people think, well, that's what you do. If you get the person, you get the ring, you have the wedding and then everything else will just take care of itself. Is that's not true? Huh? And it's not true with family either and with children. And so we it's it's our somebody's got to teach on these things. You're not going to get trained in 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 public school, you know, on family you know, on some of these things. You know, how many took a parenting class in sixth grade? (laughs) They they shouldn't be getting you ready for that in sixth grade, right? So it's the church's responsibility, I believe. If the Bible talks about it, the church needs to. And so one of the the things I just want to, Um, touch on this one subject and I realize it's a touchy subject because there's some people that think no, 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 never, never, never. And there's some people that think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day. I want to, I just want to ask this question. Is it okay to ever spank a child? And all the kids that are here going, no. (laughs) There are some people, lots of people that teach it would never, ever, ever be right. And then there's other people that, you know, whether the kids need it or not, you know, you just just part of your day. (laughs) Let's just let the Bible speak to us a little bit, shall we? Um, Proverbs 13. And listen, you know, if if if, uh, if you believe differently than what the Bible says, you should change. But look look what this says in verse 24. Proverbs 13:24 says, "He who spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him is careful to discipline him." Now let me stop right there because when I read this the first time, and you know, I didn't read this as a kid, thank God. <laughs> But the first time I read this and I I saw the word rod, how many had envisioned a steel pipe or something like that? You know, and said, whoa, man, that just sounds that is out there. But do you know that that's not talking about a steel pipe? I mean, I'm thinking rod, you know, boom, which we are not talking about. You understand. Okay, it's probably talking about um, like a bamboo reed or something like that. All right. But but look at what it says. This is not Pastor Joel saying this. This is the Bible. This is God saying this. Right. He who spares the rod does what to his son? Hates him. How many hate your children? No. He who loves him is careful to discipline. So we have that that dirty D word that nobody likes. Discipline. Right there with something called the rod. Glory to God. Go to Proverbs 22. Because there's more than just one scripture about this. Mm-hmm. Kids, you better watch it when you get home today. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to teach this good, okay? We will teach this good today. Do you believe the word of God? Yeah. yeah. Proverbs 22:15 15. Says folly. That means mischief. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. But the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. You see that one. Go right over to the 23rd chapter, the next chapter. Verse 13 says, uh, are you there? Proverbs 23, 13. It says, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with the rod, he will not die. Punish him with a rod and save his soul from death. Here again, don't think big steel pipes when you think rod. That's just the term the Bible uses. Punish him with a rod and you'll save his soul from death. Do you know that, that children, especially young ones, have extra padding on a certain part of their body? And you're not going to kill them by doing what the Bible says. Now, let me talk to you about it because, you know, there's, how many know there's a big extreme Over on the other end, which ends you up in in legal trouble and the hospital. That's not what we're talking about at all. And primarily what we're talking about is younger children. Uh, Matter of fact, well, loss of privilege is really much more effective for older kids. Huh? Especially you hit them in the money. You get kids in the wallet, man. Um, They will listen to you. Isn't that true? Money doesn't normally come that easy for kids when you take it away. Oh, boy. But for younger children, you know, especially really little ones, they can't respond to, to sitting down and having a logical thing when they're in the middle of a tantrum. Are you hearing me? What are you supposed to do? Well, we just let them go. Well, they'll be doing it when they're 40. Huh? I was at an affair last night, uh, an event. It was a wedding. Don't anybody wonder what was Pastor Joel out doing? I was at a wedding. okay. And the uh, the maitre d', they were getting ready to have the flaming Alaska where they come out and light the dessert up and dance around. And they were trying to get the people's attention to sit down. And I mean, the loudspeaker was loud. Would you please we invite you now to take your seats and then nobody moves. Everyone's still mingling. Everyone's still talking. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, would you please take their seats four or five more times? They finally cut the lights on them. And I'm thinking these people were trained this way when they were young (laughs) not to listen because nobody's screaming. It's only the third time. huh? You never outgrow those kind of things. And what's the, you know, the real important thing about it is that God will not tell you five or six times huh? when he's trying to save your life and get you out of a tough, tough situation once needs to be enough. The key to discipline is consistency. Training your kids. Now, we're not done yet, you know, but we believe we're on track, you know. (laughs) I often tell about the guy who had the sermon called 10 Surefire Ways to Raise Godly Children Guaranteed Not to Fail. And then he had kids and he changed the name to three things that you may want to try and they may work or they may not. (laughs) It's easy before you have kids to preach some of these things. You know, I'm wondering what's going to go on after service today. (laughs) But consistency. Consistency. If if you threaten your kids with, uh, you know, we say threaten. That's not a good word. But I've seen people threaten their kids, you know, and and sometimes you reprove them. And you say, if you don't change some things right now, this is going to happen. And if you don't follow through, big mistake. Big mistake. How many have ever made that mistake? Oh, man, every hand goes up. You follow through when you say it. So don't say things that you're not willing to do. I had a friend one time, I heard him say, I mean, I couldn't believe he said this, but I heard him say it, uh, he ran sound. So he, he brought his little, his little six or seven year old boy up in the sound booth. And I mean, there's h- hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. And I heard the, I didn't even see him come in, but I heard him say, if you touch anything, I'm gonna break both your arms. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's something you really can't legally follow up on. <laughs> True. (laughs) Consistency. Um, Spanking is not abusing if it's done right. Never, never take your frustrations out on a child physically. A matter of fact, I'll say this. If you are not in complete control, do not spank your kids. And I want you to notice something about what the scripture said. Notice that it talked about something called the rod but it it talked about something other than a fist something other than a hand right and it's not to get more power (laughs) huh i mean you could do a lot of damage with a fist or hand but the idea there is something uh Something. I was in middle school one time and Mr. Scott, black man, he was our dean. And one time, only one time. Can you believe it? Just once. See, this was in Florida. They were allowed to whack you in Florida. I got uh, I got written up one time. It was a, it really wasn't my fault. You believe that, of course, there was a whole group of kids and a substitute teacher. And they just sent the whole row of and I just happened to be in that row, you know. And so we got sent down. And, and, and we got to choose our punishment. You could get three whacks. This is, my, this is in my generation. They don't do that up here, do they? No. No. I know. it's. I mean, there's a lot of rules up here. Those are those some of the best three things that happened to me in middle school. I'll tell you what. But you could get three whacks or you could get like a week or two of lunch duty where you didn't get recess. You could sit there and wash the dishes. Well, who wants that? You get three. Boom, boom, boom. And you are done. And so the way it worked, he had a map of the town. We were from Hollywood, Florida. But anyhow, um, so he had this big map, and he said, "Okay, look up there and find your house on the map." And he went to he went did his business while you're up there looking for your place on the map. Pow, pow, pow. And he had this paddle, wooden paddle with some holes in it to get good airflow (laughs) on the way in. And I'm not saying you're supposed to do that, okay? But what I'm saying is, uh, if You need to be consistent. Huh? And not just, I'm going to kill you. Boom, 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 boom. (laughs) And so make it a rule with yourself that it's something else other than my fists or my hands or things like that. Because that's how you get in trouble. One thing is, you have to go get that item. And that gives you a little time to cool down. What do we say? If you're not in complete control, don't you dare do that. Do you see the balance? I would, you know, never rob a child of their dignity by doing these things publicly. Um, they, I, oh, they may deserve it. <laughs> but uh, even in front of people that they especially in front of people that they know, um, best thing is to get get your child off somewhere. And like I said, if you train them right, man, I, we have good success with our kids in a very soft tone of voice and, and they have the fear of God in them after they were done. <laughs> we can take them. We can look them right in the eye. We can talk quietly and we can say, listen, this is what we're going to do. And I got to look and my wife's got to look. <laughs> and so train you. Listen, <clears throat> we're talking about the kids obeying the first time. You can train your kids to do it. What's it like in a Christian home? Number five, I'll give you number five at least today. Oh, we got time. Number five. Did I lose anybody on number four? You may be thinking that's why it's so quiet. Number five, the family brings up the children in the ways of God. The kids should be used to the fact that every time there's a church service, we're going Um, do you know that there's a lot of families out there that the reason that they don't show up is because they wait till sometime Sunday morning to decide, are we going to go to church this week? We're going to get the kids out of bed. What are we going to do? That, that sh- you should decide that the day you give your heart to the Lord. Because right. you said you were going to serve him. Mm-hmm. Praise God. You know, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to in the short time that we've been up here pastoring and they can't figure out why their kids don't want to serve God. And I want to, you know, you don't say everything you think, but I want to say to them, you didn't have them in church regularly at all. What do you expect? They're turning out just like you. Huh? Huh? That's exactly what you did. You just decided, well, it's a nice day. Better wait for a gray day. What are your kids going to do? Same exact thing. Do you know that the church isn't here for your convenience? I'm sorry to say it, you know, and, and, uh, you know, maybe that's why, maybe that's why some folk don't want to hang, hang with us. The church is not here for your convenience. Well, we can go if we want to. Aren't you, th- thank God that Jesus didn't operate that way. It was mighty inconvenient to be hanging out there naked on the cross. But aren't you glad he did? Folk have a, folk have a wrong mentality about these things. The, I mean, when the, when the doors are open... God really expects you to be here. Yes. Now, I'm not going to call you in most cases and say, what's the deal? Right. But the Lord will talk to you about it if you listen. Right. 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 That my kids never. Of course, I'm the pastor. You know, that's a little different. But but even before before we started this church, my kids never had to ask us on Sunday morning, what are we doing? Yeah. Right. And what they say is is today church. And that's all they if we, If they know today's a church day, that's all they know. I mean, yeah, well, what dress can I wear? You know, or what? You know, they know they're going. The family, I've said the family brings up the children in the ways of God. The family should be used to doing things like praying together, like praying before meals. You know, in a Christian home, people occasionally talk about God. <laughs> Some people have thought that since you're not allowed to do it in the schools, which is not true. Amen. Teachers, in most cases, are not allowed to evangelize, but the kids can kids can go for it. That's right. And ain't nobody going to don't let anybody tell you you can't you can't say the name of Jesus yes. in this school or you can't talk or you can't wear that T-shirt. Listen, if they can wear some of the other T-shirts, you wear your T-shirt. Yes. Amen. Amen. Tell them your pastor told you it's OK. <laughs> Amen. What's your cool shirt that you got? The one. I, no, not that one. That one's cool, too. The one I like about the tougher than nails. Yeah, with the with the, the nails in the metal. Yeah, I like that. You Man, you can wear that to school. Don't let anybody tell you to, that you can't. Amen. Praise God. So the family brings up the children in the ways of God in a Christian home. Hope you're enjoying this because I'm going to keep going. Number six. We have never been about and Christianity is never about A whole list of do's and don'ts. But like I said, if if you don't say some of these things, people will just live just like the world does. Number six, the TV is monitored and restricted in a in a Christian home. Um, If some let me ask you a question, if somebody knocked on your door or say if I knocked on your door and you opened the door and said, hi, can I help you? And I said, yes, I'm here. I would like to show you a video And in this video, and you know, you say, well, what's it about? Well, "Well, I'm glad you asked. In this video, we're going to we're going to teach your children how to commit violent crimes. And we're going to teach them how to be sexually active at a very young age. And we're going to teach them how to, uh, you know, how to just verbally, you know, talk like a garbage can. We'd like to we'd like to instruct your kids. We have this video prepared. How many would let me into your home? Is there anybody that would let me into your home? But you know that that's prepackaged every day? Huh? It's just nobody knocks on your door and tells you that's what it is. We're cleaning house today, aren't we? TV's not a babysitter. And it's just not the kids. Everybody in a Christian home should scrutinize and should really reject a lot of the offerings that come over the airwaves as not right, not worth it. Not good. Um, I'll, I'll say this to you. If you sit for hours every night after dinner and watch three or four sitcoms, or, or sit half the afternoon and watch some soap operas and all that stuff, uh, and, and watch f- dramas and sitcoms all the time, there's no way you're in God's perfect will. Anybody that's doing God's perfect will does not have that much time on their hands. Isn't that true? If you obey God, he will keep you pretty busy. That's right. That's right. Do you know that for what people spend every month on cable TV or satellite TV, and we have satellite, but we got the cheap one. Uh, but for what people spend on that every month, including all the movie packages, including all the pay-per-views, including all the trips to the theater, they could tie then support some missionaries. Right. Amen. The missionaries said, amen. <laughs> You could. There's folks that they cry about, oh, we we just can't. We just can't participate. We want to. You know, our hearts with you. Shut up. (laughs) Hush. Hush. You want to see where somebody's heart is. Look at the check. Look at the checkbook. That's where their heart is. Jesus said where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Amen. You can do what you want with that. You, sh- you should consider it. You know, uh, I'll give you one more point here then we'll dismiss. How's that? One thing you can do with all that extra time that you turn the TV off with is clean the house. <laughs> Number seven. What's it like in a Christian home? The house is presentable inside and out. Now I've told you before how uh and I think my parents could vouch for this today, but uh, and my wife can certainly vouch for it, that my habits were, were pretty poor where cleaning up was concerned. I mean, I mean, OK, really poor. I, I mean, when my apartment in college, when it got dirty enough, that's when I decided to move because there was no such thing as I'm going to clean this thing. It was too far gone. I mean, never once cleaned the bathroom when the toilet, got, when it got so dirty. I started looking for another place. Fortunately, one of my last apartments, I was already dating my wife. When I moved out, you came over, didn't you? Cleaned up. But I've changed, haven't I? Amen. You best say yes, because I was washing the floors yesterday afternoon. And sometimes I'll tell my wife, look, guess what I did without being asked. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, just gives me a whole lot of pride. But <clears throat> there are scriptures. Uh, we won't turn to them all for the sake of time, but Proverbs 31 talks about the home. Titus, book of Titus talks about the home. And there's no scripture that you can turn to. People think it's a scripture. There's no scripture that says cleanliness is next to godliness. But there's some truth to the, to the saying. Because uh, your home was a reflection of your life. Do you know that there is a, you know, people could look at a home and say, wow, who lives there? Or they could say, wow, who lives there? And it'd be two totally different things. Someone might say, well, this is, Pastor, that's not important. The important thing is that you love God. This is important. I said it's important. I'll give you scripture half the day for it if you want it. It is important. Now, listen, here's the other side of it. You can spend way too much time on these things and not the right time with God. But if you're if you're following God and you want a godly home, he will (coughs) he will lead you. To pick the weeds out. Huh? Occasionally mow. You can see this place right here. You know, we, we wish we could do a lot more with it faster, but it keeps us busy. Um, we, we want this place to look good. I thank God for all of you that are on the house, housekeeping cruise. And there's more openings. You know, I started out cleaning this place by myself. And then several people came to me and said, you need to stop and let us do it. Because they saw, you know, I, I gave it the good college try, but uh, especially the windows. I said, Pastor, don't do the windows anymore. <laughs> Because they look worse after you do them than they did before they were washed. So let us do it. And so we thank God for that. But excellence takes some commitment and some time, but it's worth it. Can I ask you something? Is heaven a pig pen? No. No. And is God's will supposed to be done on earth as it is in heaven? Then what's it supposed to look like down here? Huh? Presentable. Let's just say that's a good, un- unoffensive, middle of the road word. Presentable. Presentable. If you're, if 90% of the time you are embarrassed to have people drop in on you, something's wrong. Now, for some people, if you're not embarrassed, something's wrong. <laughs> because do you know that you can get used to a mess and it stop bothering you? But when you get home today, just look around. Huh? God has dealt with me in this area. He dealt with me real strong about the car because uh, my first couple cars and in college and stuff, it, you could tell what my last eight meals were because the wrappings would be in the back seat. And I had the Lord deal with me. If you want to move up and get nicer cars someday, I'm going to want to see how you take care of it. And I said, oh, no. You know, never washed it, never vacuumed it. Kind of the same as the apartment. Just, you know, start shopping. (laughs) Except I didn't have money to do that. So it just stayed dirty. Do these things have anything to do with your spiritual life? Yeah, they do. Praise God. We're going to stop there. I don't know if you, if you you couldn't take too much more on one day, could you? What's it like in a Christian home? It's supposed to be different. It's supposed to be a testimony that the people in the neighborhood ought to ought to know that those people are Christians. And if they didn't go and tell me, I'd know it. Huh? We, we have uh, in the summer times, you know, we have the windows open a lot. And you can hear families. That have World War three going on inside. And how many know that are are committed to that's not going to be what what people hear out of you. I mean, if you hear shouting in our house, it's going to be glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the good kind of shouting. Amen.